Welcome to the Restless Midlifer podcast, helping you get life back on your terms and recapture that spirit of adventure. It's episode 51. Well, we've made it to over the half century. It's flown by <laughs> and the podcast, I think, is starting to take shape. I guess as typical of the Restless Midlife Away, it is a work in progress and always will be. But I am interested actually in knowing your thoughts. Um, this bi-weekly or almost bi-weekly approach, does it work for you? Wednesdays, it's just me, you know, talking uh, you know about an issue an idea some thoughts today i'm taking a deeper dive into the reshape aspect of our health um and then on fridays what i like to do not every week but what i'm aiming to do is share a longer episode as a bit of a bonus and it's an interview which will be either with a fellow restless midlifer and a story um that i think could be really relevant and useful to share and or because i often find that the experts that i feel that i pick their brains of are often midlifers themselves um someone who has that expertise or experience in an aspect of health mindset or the need for achievement and meaning that they can share and, and help us move us along in our journey so i guess really i'm after some thoughts and feedback from yourselves um because obviously you can choose to skip either or both i guess hopefully not both um you can pick a Wednesday if that's your preference or the Fridays if that's the thing. But I tend to find or, or, or what I'm aiming for is that the Friday episode adds a bit of that that reality, that real life approach to the concepts and ideas that I talk about week on week. Um, so if you have any thoughts or questions or feedback generally, then email me dave at restlessmidlifer.com. And don't forget, jump over to the restlessmidlifer.com to check out the Academy membership and my six-week reshape accelerator, um, which is a program focusing on getting our health back on track and setting lifelong habits for a more fulfilling and adventurous midlife. And you can also subscribe to the podcast, leave a review and sign up to the Restless Midlife of Chronicles, or as I'm going to be shortening that to the RM Chronicles, um, which it contains, uh, it's an e-newsletter which contains weekly news, updates, tips, tools, and strategies to help you regroup, reshape, and redesign your own midlife adventure. So over this week and coming weeks, I want to explore an aspect that I think many of us struggle to get back on track with in terms of our health. And I think it's tied into the fact that, you know, Perhaps years have passed. We've been distracted by family commitments, work demands, life upheavals, and a few curveballs along the way. And before you know it, and that's a phrase that I like to use, the before you know it phenomenon, we kind of, years have passed, and we then suddenly become acutely aware that we've piled on more than a few pounds. Perhaps we're out of breath walking up a flight of stairs and just generally feel less comfortable in our own skin or more conscious of that. And maybe it is affecting our confidence, and maybe we're even trying to sort of get on with life and push that to the back of our mind. Um, but yet the knowledge is still there that we're not where we want to be. And we just don't feel as we've got the space or the time to deal with it. And this is where I think it's, there is a complex interplay here of, of the need unfulfilled, the feeling that, you know, I want to be some, I want to be where, you know, have different health. I want to feel good in myself. I want to have that weird off. I want to feel more energy and, you know, what have you. So we have that need unfulfilled. But we also have the mix of the self-talk, that self-sabotage, as I talk about, or as I call it, self-cabotage. Uh, you can check out the show notes where there's a little video in there where I introduce that concept if, you, if you're not already on board with what I mean. But that self-sabotage is often that mix of you're useless because you're here. What's wrong with you? You should have done this. You should try harder. Um, you know, And what's the point anyway? You're getting older. You're past it. It's too old for. I can't. I won't. It, and look at all the past efforts and failed attempts. All of that mixes into that 
that toxic mix of feeling trapped and stuck, and then chuck in those delusional, seductive, I don't know, those, those grasping attempts we make at something new, you know, the new, the diet, the plan, the, the science says, you know, the latest this, that we, we buy into that because that'll be the thing. And we then find the motivation to say, I'm going to try harder, I'm going to focus more, I'm going to give it my all and do it, and it will work this time, or we have a hope, even though that there's a voice in the back of my head saying it won't and it never does because you are. So it's a it's a toxic mix, that, isn't it, of that seductive, delusional hope and that critical self-cabotage with an unfulfilled dream. And I think this is the challenge because, you know, going back to that idea of these siren calls, as I call them, you know, that 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 new thing, that new science, the diet, whatever it is, they are seductive. They are filled with hope. They're convincing. We want to be convinced, but they don't work. And it's not because we lack strength, determination, intelligence, or even the ability to get it done. Or it's not even, I guess, indeed, that because the, the programs themselves don't work. They do. I'm, I'm using air quotes when I say they do here. The trouble is that they often rely on us buying in wholeheartedly, doing that all or nothing, committing to it, pushing back life and getting on with it. Rarely do they involve that, as they often promise, that long-term, easy, sort of steady away change. It's a promise of. And I don't know about, as an aside, I don't know about you, a number of books I've read around healthy eating and lifestyle change or whatever, they promise it's not a diet book, but then still proceed to roll out a diet. Um, and it's that that idea that there is still there. They do work if, but it might not be right for you. It might not be right for your physiology. It might not be right for your life, your social life, your commitments, and just your day-to-day habits and enjoy the things you enjoy. Um, and that's the challenge. So we have that toxic mix. And what we need to do is recognize that that grasping at those things doesn't work. So how do we approach it? Well, as I've indicated in my um, previous episodes around Operation D-Move, and if you haven't come across those, I will be providing an update on Operation D-Move in a couple of weeks' time. But episodes 34 and 35 cover that off, and I do a bit of an update in episode 41. Um, so if you want to, hop over to restlessmidlife.com and subscribe and get the episodes, find those, etc. if you haven't listened to them yet. But Operation D-Move is further down the line of really of the journey that I that I've embarked on where a few years ago I finally gave up gave in sorry I didn't give up I gave in um I gave in and accepted that these all out all or nothing efforts were not sustainable and that to be fair they were growing less and less effective I I was just feeling like I would embark on something and rather than it being three days later it would be a day or even an hour later that I'd think I just don't have it in me to do and it's that idea that they don't work, but accepting that rather than fighting it was the key. And once I started to do it, I started to really explore how do I do it in a different way? Is there a different way or am I just stuck with this? And this is where the idea of the sprout sweater came and developed. How do I develop a longer term lifetime lifestyle approach People talk about that a lot, but how does what does it actually mean? And how can I develop something that I can sustain and even to an extent set and forget some of the key habits? And in other respect, enjoy the process, not feel like it's an emotional strain or I'm putting everything on hold that makes me happy 
is who I am in order to achieve it. And I'm sure I'm not the only one. I've had conversations with people recently about this where it is about, right, I'll get to a place when, and in the meantime, I'm going to be hyper-conscious, hyper-vigilant, and I'm going to put everything else on hold whilst I. And really, we don't know if we're going to make life or live. You could get knocked down by a bus, et cetera, in the next day or so. But what about enjoying life? So what I want to do is I get I want to introduce three elements that I that I tend to focus on for me, but also when I'm working with people. And I'll go into that, and that's what I'm going to go into. I'll give you an overview of this episode, but then I'm going to go into those these in a bit more detail in future episodes. But before I do, the biggest thing I can say is take off the deadlines or the fixed goal dates. Now, <laughs> I know that that is potentially heretical in the world of goal setting in any realm. You know, we need to aim for something, don't we? We need to aim for it, with something to motivate us, to stir that spirit to get us moving. We must have a deadline and a goal to know that we're working towards it. Well, maybe, but maybe not. And this is the, this is the crux of this episode, I think, is really. I think when we're coming to look at the building the foundational habits, the habits that we really need to have last the lifetime, that we want to set and forget, that we want to enjoy, we need to take off the deadline. We need to take off the pressure of getting it done by or having them in place by or achieving a result by. And I'm speaking from experience here, uh, but personally, I'm working with others. Um, there is a difference. You know, if you're, and this is what I want to distinguish, you know, if you're deciding that you want to run a 5K or train for a marathon, then clearly having a date, having something to plan and set the structure of the routines, the training runs, all of that around it is really, really important because it can help motivate and keep the structure and the framework going and you moving in that direction. So we can plan, commit, etc. That's different and it is valid but it's not the same as the foundation work. And these are the kinds of goals we need to have, you know, those, sorry, those kinds of goals around the, the 5K, the half marathon, need to have a bed, a foundation upon which to stand. And what I like to focus on is, what is that foundation? Is there a foundation? How can you develop that? And it's that that I think need to be, have the time, the the time limits, the goal, the deadlines taken off. My classic example, I've mentioned in previous podcasts, is cycling lands into John O'Groats, cycling London to Barcelona two years later, 2010-2012. Both of those were all-out efforts and brilliant, great experiences, torturous at times, um, but brilliant adventures, brilliant experiences. We lost weight, particularly on the second one, because the first one I spent so much time worrying about not having enough energy, uh, gorged on flapjack, <laughs> didn't really lose a lot of weight. But the point is, they achieved fitness improvements, but the minute that it was finished, I had nothing to go back to. And this is where I think there's a difference because the stuff you go back to needs no deadline, needs no end point at which you have achieved it. It's about constant tweaking, constant working, constant experimenting. So by all means, set those goals. And, you know, when I'm working with people, I do, you know, I encourage it. And it's something if somebody wants to do, many of my clients do that once they start to get certain aspects of, other, of their life in place, they do set themselves that goal. It's a natural thing, but it's not taking our eye off the foundations, the healthy habits that actually sustain and actually will achieve far more in the medium to long term than any all-out effort to run a marathon, etc. So I guess that's the point, because if we're going from a cold start of no activity, poor eating habits, you know, mindset of all or nothing that's prone to self-sabotage, the chances are that goal of the 5K or lands into John O'Groats might be adding more fuel to those fires. So what I want to do is to take off the deadline 
allow you to look at this a, a, a lifetime thing. I talk about my big goal is to be fitter at 66 than I was when I was uh, 45 when Rosie was born. Now, yes, there's a, no, there's a deadline there, but it's so far ahead that I'm seeing it as a direction of travel, not as something that is suddenly pressing down on me. Because the pressing down nature means that if you have a bad day, if you go off track, if you um, lose your way a bit, you can often then think, ah, oh, stuff it, I've lost it, I've lost it now, or whatever, or you come back harder and crueler to yourself, we start to treat ourselves less compassionately. And the answer really to sustainability is to treat ourselves with understanding, compassion, and an, a scientist's mind, an inquiring mind. What did work? What didn't work? What made me drift there? What unseated me on this particular habit? And how can I tweak it so that I can make it a little bit more fireproof going forward? That's the approach that we're trying to take here. A quick update, the Restless Midlifer Academy is now open and I'm also running a series of six-week Reshape Accelerator programs aimed at getting your health, weight and self-confidence back on track. Head over to restlessmidlifer.com to check out the programs. So let's not do that deadline thing. Um, and tying into that, one of the things it can be hard to do is to let go of the deadlines to let go of that all or nothing or those new bit of science that says so this isn't just a one-off thing we let's look at the foundations but let's recognize that over the coming months and years there will be another piece of science that says this works fast and whatever it is all of these things and we will be tempted to to jump at that so let's give ourselves permission to be human and watch out for that tendency and by all means, go for it if you want, but go for it with that experimenter's mind and don't sacrifice the foundational stuff, the, the constant efforts at building and making those foundations solid as we go forward. So how do we do this? Well, having taken off the time pressure, what I like to do is focus on three areas. And I haven't really come, I'm, I'm running coaching programs around this. Um, you can check those out at restlessmidlife.com if you're interested, the online programs, the six-week reshape accelerators. But what I what I haven't done at the, at the moment is come up with some fancy names for each of these three areas at the minute, playing around with some ideas. But the three areas are our food and activity environments or our life zones. I think zone might be featured in there, but how we, where, how and where we live and operate and navigate, you know, our home, our work, the restaurant, the pictures, the out, outdoor environment, that kind of thing, those environments, our day-to-day -day healthy habits, that's the second part, and our inner narratives, those stories, that self-cabotage or what have you. So I'm going to explain, explore those in the next few weeks, um, and I'm going to suggest some great books as well that can help you if you want to sort of dig in yourself and do some work on this as, as well. But here's the three areas, and I'll give you the um, give you the headlines for these, and then, as I say, I'll build all, it, it, on these over the coming weeks. So the first one, the life zones. Let's, let's call it that for now. Um, it's about recognising that the life zones that work, rest, play areas, you know, all of those things, are they contributing to our health and supporting healthier habits or are they actively working against them? Or, you know, the in-between, they're neutral. They're not actually affecting one way or the other. Usually it's not the case. It's one or the other. As I said, I'll dive into this next week in particular, but the essence of this is recognizing that as habitual human humans, as creatures of habit, we rely on many things to trigger our habitual behavior. And the arguably the biggest potentially is our context in our environment, the context of our lives, the context of a given environment that we're in, our home, um, our kitchen, our lifestyle that's 
that's triggered around that, um, our workplace, our in-between, where we might or might not go for activity exercise, that kind of thing. They play a massive part in this. From And you'll know this from, you know, because it goes from the unconscious, you know, that sixth post you've seen promoting beer o'clock or wine o'clock or your mate sitting on a beach and all you've got is their feet poking out and a cocktail in the picture. And you've d- you've seen it and probably done it, let's be right. But the point is, these things trigger and cue, not to mention the paid promoted activities and ads and all of this subliminal messaging and all of the not so, not so subliminal. They are <clears throat> unconsciously prodding and nudging and triggering and then there's a more tangible, you know, where are the treats in your kitchen? <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. And there's some great research that not only supports that side of it, but offers a way to leverage the cues in the opposite direction for that. So that's what I'm going to talk about next week, um, is how do we move ourselves mindlessly towards healthier behaviors rather than where we might be allowing our environment to cue in mindless behavior that moves us away from healthy behavior. So that's our life source. Our second one, I'm going to skip the order that I originally think, is our narratives. And I do talk about this regularly on on these podcasts about this aspect. What are the stories and the scripts that we have running about ourselves, the world, others, situations, particular scenarios or contexts, etc.? And how are they serving us or undermining us? And I'll spend an episode on this from the perspective, particularly of health, as we go forward. How can we I guess the question is, how can we firstly become aware of these scripts and stories, stories of the arc and narratives around our life where we might say, I'm too old for, as a, as a headline or a chapter heading, if you like. I'm too old, I'm too old for this, or what's the point, or perfectionist, all and often type of approaches, and the stories that come with it. And our scripts are those micro things that run, perhaps when we're triggered by driving past you know, McDonald's, for example. What does the script say if it's 5.30 and you're driving past it and the script kicks in to say, oh, it's been a busy day, I can't be bothered, let's pop in there. That's a script that supports a narrative and a story. So we'll explore that a little bit more. But how can we re-narrate these stories to support our health? How do we become aware of them and then re-narrate them and to support our health ambitions as well? And then the third one is our day-to-day rituals, routines, and habits. And again, I talk about this a lot throughout the podcast, the Sprout Sweater approach, but I will spend an episode on this to focus in on how we can build these habits that can be supported by our life zones and, you know, more positive narratives. So that's the three. The... The life zones, for want of a better phrase, are narratives and how we can re-narrate and then those habits, rituals and routines that are embedded in our day-to-day lives. And I guess really for today, for this, my request is to get you to just have a reflect on um, what you've undertaken in the past. What efforts have you tried? What diets, what exercise plans, what things have you bought into? What ideas, what, what have you done to address a health goal in the past. What's worked? What was it about it that worked? What was it about your life at that time that led it to working perhaps versus it when you might have tried it and it didn't work? What didn't work? What did you enjoy? Even if you're not doing it now, what sort of things, approaches or activities or elements of of past diet attempts just clicked? So you might've tried something and there might be one or two little things, sprout size things in there that worked, but the whole thing didn't wasn't sustainable. Um, and how can we potentially pull those small things out, those sprout size things to develop into habits going forward for the future? So 
this activity I call the reshape audit, um, and it's something I do ask those who undertake the, the group coaching uh, program, the reshape accelerator, as a 14-day pre-launch. Get your head in the game and just start thinking about this. It's really useful to reflect back on the past, successes, failures, what worked, what didn't, what were the key themes and things that helped that we can bring into the future. Um, so, and I, I, just as an aside, I'm, a, I'm aware of the irony of calling a six-week acceler reshape accelerator. It's not lost on me. Uh, it's not intended to be something that fixes you in six weeks or is a diet or an exercise program. The reason it's six weeks is it's a focused process where we dive into those three areas to start equipping you with the knowledge, equipping you with some tools, not just to use in the six weeks, but in the future as well, so that you have the tools and the knowledge to start reshaping. And the acceleration bit is we put a bit of speed on for those six weeks, but the idea being that we can then build that momentum and the coasting ability after the six weeks. So it's not a fix. And if you're looking for that, then I would suggest don't don't look there. But if you're interested in learning a bit more, then head over to restlessmidlifer.com and uh, you can find out a little video where I explain that in a bit more detail. So that's it for this, this week. As I say, I'm gonna dig in over the next few weeks into those three areas. Do a bit of a reflect, an audit on what's worked, what you've tried in the past, and see what comes up. Jot it down. And if you haven't already, I always encourage you, get, a, get yourself a notebook or a journal and start capturing those thoughts because they can be really useful insights into how to shape your future direction of travel based on the things that worked or haven't worked, the context, etc. in the past. So that's it for this week. And uh, don't forget, we have our um, interview on Friday, and that is with um, Mark Telford, who is a fellow member of my CrossFit Taylor training, has a great deal of experience in fitness industry, uh, working with Olympic boxing hopefuls, and also running gyms and coaching people around it. Now, we're, it's going to be a two-parter. So this Friday is going to be Mark's story, because I think it's a great midlife story. And then the following week, Mark shares how he helps take some of the friction out of food decisions, food prep by batching his 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 work his his work his lunches and, and his food, and that is an op an example of that reshaping our environment and and trying to take some friction out. So I think that's a really good one actually to tie in with next week's uh, episode where I dive into the rezoning. Oh, rezoning! There you go, rezoning. There's a phrase for for rezoning our life zones. <laughs> so anyway, I hope you've enjoyed that podcast. Tune in for the next few, um, and we'll dive a bit deeper. But head across to restlessmidlifer.com for the podcast to subscribe, all of those things, and to give me some feedback, Dave at restlessmidlifer.com. Take care for now. Thank you for listening. You will find all show notes, links, and resources mentioned at restlessmidlifer.com. And why not spread the word? If you know a fellow Restless Midlifer, share the show and the links. And if you haven't already, subscribe to it in your podcast feed of choice. And one more thing, if you enjoy the show, it would be great if you could rate it by visiting restlessmidlifer.com forward slash review. It would mean a lot, and I may even give you a shout out in return. And a quick final thanks to my production assistant, Karen North of North VA, for, and for the music, which is called Silver Star, by the awesome Logan Nicholson of Music for Makers. Check out musicformakers.com. Take care for now, and don't forget, you really can live a less stressful, much healthier, and more meaningful midlife. Gory Adventure. <laughs>